You are listening to Lollipop Gaming Podcast, episode 67, Just Say Yes or Roll. Today we talk about the power of saying yes to your players. We discuss how a dive into a different game system brought us about this change in Jared's GM style. We also discuss how to use the system of saying yes to improve your game experience at the table. If you'd like to participate in the discussion or leave us feedback, you can contact us at levelupyourgamingpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash levelupyourgaming. If you like the content and want to hear more of the show, subscribe and we'll ensure you don't miss an episode. New episodes come out almost every Wednesday. Also, please review, tell a friend about the podcast, or share with your gaming group. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Level Up Your Gaming Podcast. My name is Aaron, and joining me in person, he won't always ask you to check your skill anymore. Jared. Yeah, anymore. 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 It's a it's a new development. So for our listeners, this is actually gonna gonna take a little little different tune or tone to our to our usual podcast. Usually we, you know, talk about toolboxes and, and, and stuff like that. Uh this one I'm I'm actually gonna ask Aaron a lot of questions. So to give you some background, um, I'm preparing to try a new system. Um, it's called uh, Blades in the Dark. We're going to give it a new sh- uh, a shot sometime soon. Uh, I'm still kind of developing the story, and we're right in the middle of our detective series. So, um, But, you know, we're hoping to do a one night sometime soon. So in preparation for that game, I'm reading the book and learning the systems. And one of the big parts of the system is say yes. So this system essentially postulates doesn't postulate it's written in the rules um that unless something is a risky situation where failure is 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 could bring on consequences okay just say yes if a character can do something say yes if your character for example has five levels in i don't know the Jedi mind trickery and they're doing it on a stormtrooper just say yes the stormtrooper has no defense you know just these are not the droids you're looking for period done um so it's it's interesting because Aaron and I come from a very role heavy system um white wolf is extremely role heavy you can roll for every, you can roll for driving Yes, I mean, I guess, I guess technically it is roll heavy. I mean, we came from a bunch of roll heavy systems. I mean, you started in Palladium, so I mean, I don't think we've ever been non- that had a school for cooking or skill for cooking. Yes, I, I don't. Kid you I don't think we've ever been a non roll heavy kind of group. Uh, I think that it more recently, if you role played well, and I think in more recently, when I'm saying like the last five, ten years, if you role played well, you wouldn't necessarily make someone write or, or try to do a skill check. Right. So, I mean, that that's that's more of where... Role-playing is going. Role-playing is going. That is, that is the, the essence of it. It's it, to kind of get away from the dice. But, I mean, when you get into combats and stuff... Combats, th- yeah. This is, this is not super applicable here because, it, yeah, sure, you can fire the gun, but that doesn't mean that it's not a risky situation, which is what Jared's saying here. What he's saying is more about in lines with if you're doing your normal thing in a normal situation like if i'm going to try and if, if i've got a skill in reading and i'm going to try to proofread something jared's not going to make me roll to see how well i proofread it precisely uh, for especially applicable to what we I, I experimented last week so last week um during our game 
I experimented with it. So I just kind of popped off the rolls a little bit. I just let off the throttle. So anytime that the characters were investigating a crime scene, each one of them do, do have levels in investigation. I just told them what they found and what they were, you know, they told me where they were looking. I told them what they found. Unless, you know, so essentially what what is, is a part of that is they look at rolling as an inhibitor of story. Um, for example, I want my players to find the dark circle of magic underneath the bed because I want them to get further in the story. I don't want them, you know, because once they go to a crime scene, they're probably not going back. I'm just telling you. Well, that's my team. They're one and done. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, they have very seldom gone back to visit crime scenes. Um, a second time, just to, and just to look over them again. Ah, did we miss anything? Let's hit it again. Um, so really... Again, this isn't the real world, Jared. Okay, we, we're like, we're like, eh, nothing's here. Nothing's here. All right, goodbye. Um, with the say yes sort of system, when they are like, we're looking for anything strange, supernatural, as you peer under the bed, you notice the circle, the dark circle of magic that has been placed there to target the ghostly spirit under the uh, inhabitants. So where we're going to take it, now that you've got the backstory, where we're going to take a turn, is I'm going to talk to Aaron, the player, and ask him how he felt about it. It was interesting. I didn't know you were doing it until we took that break. Yes. That was um, the plan. So it was, it was actually very interesting, which is like, huh, usually we have a role associated with this. I thought you were doing it more in, like, rooms. Uh, so, again, we were just investigating places where some murders had happened. I thought you were doing it more in rooms that were mundane. Mm. Okay, at first. And then I think somewhere along the line, Brian realized what you were... He did. ...what you were doing when we took a break, and that's when the conversation happened. I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I liked it, but at the same time, there are some things I I didn't like about it. So there's... The, the, the thing I liked about it was that it was like, okay, we're getting a picture and an image of the information that we're supposed to get, which was great because it was, I felt like it was complete. Okay. The thing I didn't like about it is there was one role that you did make me make. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that with a system like this, you want to intermingle those roles in different places, whether or not they succeed or fail is sort of irrelevant here, but you don't want to tip your hand into saying this thing that I've made you roll for is important and could, you know, had you succeeded in the role, it would have it been felt changing. It, it would have been changing. Because you gave me the role the one time and I didn't, I, you know, I, I, I try, in my younger days, I would have just been like, I take another turn to look at it because I know it's important. Okay. I know that you have something behind the role. Mm hmm. Aside from looking for more of the the evidence that I, I was supposedly rolling on, I had looked at it at different crime scenes. Um, you know, one of the things that I think could have been nice or would would have been worked well is that if it was something, I, I, I just feel like like you know, I, every time I would have looked at it, I should have basically been given the role again because it felt like it was more of like an insight type of role right. about, about a, a piece of information there, and so it was like it's like. Hey, do I only get that role once and then I never get to have the insight moment again? Or do I, you know, 
or if I if I continue to look, will I have an opportunity at the insight one more time? So it feels like I missed a piece of information mm-hmm. with that because it was the like the only thing I had to roll on. Right. And I'm like, well, I, I I'll, I'll trust that you're going to give me the information later on. But it's also nice to sort of know when, you know, when I don't know what's important and what's not important right. with the role. That's it's part of the part of the problem with the system of the say yes or roll there is that you sort of need to have some red herrings out there. You to, do. To, to, Interesting. To, to make it so your players don't hone in on the things. It's, it's just exactly what we said when we did the, when you when you're making the maps and stuff. When in Roll20, Jared was obsessed with putting characters with pictures and faces on everything. The first couple of games we did, we did, everybody did this. Okay, we would go spend hours looking for characters. Hours. Hours looking for pictures of people. And if you found someone that didn't have a picture, you went, they're not important. Clearly not important. <laughs> clearly not important. And it was just like the, the system, we evolved the system better to hide what's not important versus what is important, which is like, I now have things where like I have banks of names, okay, like generated already. And I, you know, I'll just give you the person and I'll say, here's, here's the person that you run into. And I've got descriptions to fit these people as well. So it's just like, like you don't know I've what I've gone one step further where I don't even give you the description. You asterisk names and blank characters. So it's just, which, was even, which is even better. And I'm, and if you're like, I'd like a fully fleshed out description of that person. No problem. I will hand that to you next week. It will be because we do have like a, a, a there's a record in roll 20, an archive that they can go to and they can look at. And now they don't know when I'm just blowing smoke or if they really have a description. But the idea is that you're trying to, to hide tipping your hand. Yep. And I feel like the system in some cases, especially in, in a mental social situation, does tip your hand as to what's really important versus what's not. So that's the one critique I have of the, of the, uh, the system so far. Okay. That's a good, good critique, adding in the red herrings. I have to admit it as a storyteller, I'm still a little hesitant on it because it's like saying yes to almost everything. What's the purpose of the dots? What's, you know, well, so that'd be my other piece to it. There is the say yes. Part of it is, um, in, in a D and D they have passive perception, passive, investigation i think some some passive stats right okay, they are just a, a generic i'm just going to take my passive it means that i rolled this okay as my roll and then you can determine what i know from that roll. taking a 10 sort of like taking a 10 but it's it's like an already predetermined roll it's it's based off of a 10 and then it uses the modifier i have in whatever the applicable stat is um the the thing that you can do here is that the dots are important, but you need in White Wolf, you get to be careful with this because you have to know, you, you might ask me, how many dots do you have there? Yeah. Okay. Or what's your dice pool of intelligence plus X? Are you proficient in the skill? Because if you are proficient in the skill, guess what? You got to roll. Okay. Like it, that, I've always sort of tried to work with that. I, I always thought about how do you make that work? Because in the, in the White Wolf system, I've played in some of my other games where if you don't have the skill, you just have the intelligence, you're just trying to insight your way through it, I make you roll a difficulty eight. 
I've done that before. I like that. Okay. I did like that. And, but I think if you go with the say yes system, you can determine, okay, yes, you have knowledge of investigation, but you are not proficient enough to just get the information here. So guess what? You got to roll. Okay. I like that. Or you have no dots in this. Guess what? You got to roll because you don't know what you're doing. You have no knowledge of it. It doesn't mean that you can't gather information because you might see things, but to your untrained eye, you don't know. Right. And you might have that miraculous role. And so to, to counter the one thing I like about the say, yes, you know, let's say that you have a character with four dots, you know, in, uh, so, you know, they're a professional shooter, you know, they, they hit targets, right? Four dots. You're, you're, you're just minus an Olympian or a trained sniper or, you know, someone who's highly trained in CQB, you know, for, for the people who aren't like long guns, but have five dots, you know, uh, Delta force and stuff like that. People with a lot of trigger time. Um, and you know what? It's, it's funny because Ken would commonly bring this up as a complaint in role-playing that he's got five dots and something, but he botched. He hated botching. Oh, did he, he hated botching. Again, we will have an episode on, on failures and critical failures, yeah. stuff like that. Like, I mean, he get upset, like upset. So one of the things, and, and there was a, a, a point to him. There was a point. There was a standing. If I am trying to hit a target at 10 feet and I've got five or four levels, I'm a Delta Force operator. I'm playing one. Right? I'm going to hit that fucking target. I'm probably going to hit aces. And there's no stress involved in it? At 10 feet? Again, well, I'm, I'm asking about stress being... A- well, oh, you're asking if the character... No, let's say it's a range. Quiet okay. range, normal freaking day, not too much humidity, not too much heat, because those are both factors in shooting long distances, for those of you who don't know. At 10 feet, it really actually doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> again, the, the, re- the only reason why I'm asking that, that question is because, yeah, 10 feet, again, the target is not far away at all. I've, I've gone and shot pistols at 10 feet. If you can't hit 10 out of 10, you're probably doing something wrong you are clearly doing something wrong <laughs> it actually should give you a little bit of comfort that if somebody ever drew a gun on you and you just ran around in zigzags you actually probably would be pretty Hon- honestly <laughs> it, it's it's hilarious because you know most people think that shooting a moving target is actually easy it's actually extremely hard extremely hard you got to lead your target you got to if they're zigzag zigzagging is an actual defense against getting shot at i mean like you can't keep you can't keep your sights lined, so you think you're shooting this way. You're shooting ten feet off the mark. I mean, you're not leading your target properly. And suddenly, change the other freaking direction. I mean, zigzags. Just don't run in a straight line while being shot at. I mean, then you're just silhouetting. Yeah, yourself. zigzag and make distance. Yeah, well, make, you're zigzagging. as much distance. The further as away you get, the harder it is. But anyways, we, we digress. We digress. <laughs> um, so you know, in this situation with say yes, I'd be like freaking delta force operator and you want to impress another npc with your shooting skills by hitting four aces at 10 feet done done you've got the range time you know what i mean you just but that makes sense there's no again that, that actually fits with the system there which is that you are doing it 
with no serious consequence. No serious consequence. No stressors. Um, I might say you miss to add a little stress to it. She laughs as you miss. I don't know. I'd probably not because that's a little jerkish. But I mean, do do, now maybe you're doing the same thing, but you've got a hundred bucks riding on it. Okay, now roll. Now roll. There's a consequence. You might lose. You know. Um, Now, granted, for the people who are proponents of say yes, they'd be like, no, he's still got four levels, versus a person who has two levels. The person with four levels is clearly going to outmaster the shooting of a person with two levels. Now. The thing is, though, there is stress. But a Delta Force operator, his hands is not going to shake when he's hitting with 100 bucks on the line because he's used to his life being on the line. A person with two dots is not used to their life being... Well, they might, but... You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's a great conversation. It, and it's kind of funny because Blades in the Dark is based on, like... Gaming should be a conversation between friends. And it really has generated a conversation that made us all the way to a podcast. It... it I've been doing a lot of reading of, of different systems um, lately. So, like, just to see what other people are doing and coming up with. And I've, I've seen this change. I've quite literally seen this change of reducing the amount of roles that are required in a game. But when I look at D&D, which is a very complex, highly, you know, developed system. It's been developing since, like, the 1970s. You're in their fifth iteration of it. And I mean, like, they've, they've fucked up along the way. Wasn't there, like, one that just everyone hated? Supposedly, I, I, I never played the other. I haven't played anything but 5th edition, really. But I know that 3rd and 4th edition were just not received well. So, you know, um, and they, they've taken that information back and they made 5th edition. So, you know, when, when you look at um, this new wave of rolling, the, the, the question that I'm, I guess I'm postulated against is when do I make a character roll? When do I don't? And especially with keeping suspense, that is the one thing that the say yes system makes me almost, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm asking you, Aaron, let's say, for example, you're running from a hellhound. Okay, you're running. You get in the door, and I, I narrate to you, right? I'm going to narrate to you right now. You get to the door of your cabin, you know, quickly turning around and closing it. But the, you know, the hellhound puts an arm through it and is scratching and tearing and biting and clawing and, and growling. It, 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 you can see its blood-red eye right through, the, right through the crack of the door as you keep slamming it and slamming it and slamming it, and finally you get it closed. Is that as suspenseful as me to say, roll for your run. Roll to see if you can close that door quickly enough. Doesn't it lose suspense? I actually don't think so. Really? Yes, because... I'm shocked. Well, I'm not because I know you, the narration behind the success in the rolls does increase the suspense. Look at you guys running from the bears. Right. That was the, the rolls added to the success. I, I, I was stressed as I, fuck. I made you roll every step of the way. I even made Brian roll to put the keys in the damn ignition. Yes, and it increased and when he dropped them. I mean, it was a stressful moment. Had you not made us roll, we would have lost that that suspense. I mean, I could. I 
Again, you could have said the bears easily outrun you and maul you. Oh yes, I could have. I could have taken you down. If you think you can outrun a bear, you're wrong. Are you faster than a bear? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's but the old joke. The, I don't have to be faster than a bear. I just got to be faster than you. <laughs> but the that scene doesn't work if you don't have the dice. Now, again, if you're following the actual Blades in the Dark rules, there, the Blades in the Dark rules say Would that there's consequences. So the, all those roles were necessary because you were running from the, the the danger. And had you failed the roles, danger could have caught you. It did a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it really did a couple of times. And But you're right. Blades in the Dark would push you towards a, a, a consequence. Now, but, the, the difference in that would be, again, a, be, a better example would be somebody steals a woman's purse in a major city. Okay. Right. And your character witnesses it. Character goes and starts to chase him down. There's a there's a question of whether or not you want to let narrative take over for a story purpose, or do you want to have a tense chase? Now, if your character is the Flash, I would say narrative. If your character's not the Flash, if, you're, if your character is an Olympic runner, done. I actually knew a cop who was actually, he he ran, like, marathons and, like, did sprints and, like, everything like that. Ironically, he was kicked off the force for theft a couple of years later after I, uh, uh, after I ended my internship. Um, but he was so fast, he used to run in front of suspects when they ran from him. I mean, granted, this is the safe city of Whedon, so uh. they can do shit like that. But, because like, it's, it's a freaking kid, you know, like, you're... But, I mean, if you look at the, the just say yes system there, again, it, now, it's a question also with the with the fleeing. Is it for your story? Ooh, this brings me to a great point. Is it for your story? And also, when you just say yes, are you narrating the player's actions too much? That is going to be a, a trick with the just say yes. Don't narrate your player's actions. That was a trick that I pulled with, uh, with uh, you guys last week. I didn't tell you where you searched. My, well, again, that and that's good. It, it get, kind of gives you that feeling of agency in this sense of the, like, again, it gives you consequence where if I missed a room, maybe I missed something important. Exactly. You chose not to investigate the bathroom. The, you the, other, the, gun. the, the other thing that it did do is it let me role play into the moment more, which was you gave me a lot of information. And then I started asking more questions about specific pieces of information. You led me deeper into the, to the investigation and role playing out the investigation more so than uh you know you having me roll dice to figure out what's in the room okay so like i had some information in my mind that i'm like i'm gonna look for this right right and you 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 gave me specific documents that oh well there is a case on his on his desk here and so i'm like oh he is looking into this so you gave me some new documents to look at so i look at it i'm like huh okay well is there more about, is there more around this case? Does he have any notes? Does he jot, jot down some personal information there? Like it gives you the opportunity to add narrative and Definitely. expose more information by saying, you are trained. Here is what you have found. You find a candelabra, you find a <laughs> notebook, and you find a drawer that's half empty with clothes. Okay. What does that mean to me? Okay, well, uh, well, I look deeper at the candelabra. Well, What's the candelabra that? says that he's getting it on. Well, that's very interesting. The candelabra has has candles that are burned down halfway, but they they are 
there, there, there are varying lengths in the candelabra. It almost looks as though somebody blew one out. Like, you could kind of have me look in Why this. Why would you only blow out one candle? Jared, again, this is the, the idea of, like, okay, narr- narrating to give me more information. <laughs> so now I'm deeper invested looking at the right. candelabra. I've, I've chosen. You've given me set objects, like there's a desk. There's a drawer, there's a this and this, and I get to now go looking through it and seeing, is there something else to it? Okay, well, you, you gave me these documents that you know, have some notes on it, but is there another notepad or to these, to these case files that say, hey, I'm taking personal notes about the case files. You might not have given those to me immediately until I dive deeper into the evidence that you've already so what Give you're it. suggesting is almost levels of success within the say yes. I'm going to tell you that yeah on on, on the front I, of the I, get, I give you the surface, and you can now. I'm kind of leading you into the investigation. Almost Being, a Socratic method. Yes, I'm. I'm letting you. I'm putting spotlights on objects in the room. Okay, and by doing that, when you say I want to look at the desk. Okay, the desk has drawers in it. You open them up. There's a lot of papers in there. Okay, well, are the, were these written by him? Do they have his own personal notes? Oh, yeah, you find some of his own personal notes. Here they are, and then you present the evidence to the player. So the player has done work to get there, but they have not uh, betrayed. You haven't just basically been like, there's a desk, and inside the desk there are notes, and you find the notes, and they've got all this information on there. Like, you're trying to... You have to pace it. That you you got to pace it, and you got to narrate it to the player that, that, hey, you're slowly kind of finding things. See if the players can kind of, can, kind of click into it, okay? Because that's where the danger comes in. Because if the players can't piece one and two together, that's where the dice save you. Right. Roll, roll the dice. And that's that's the, that's the one thing about the, the say yes system that I, I definitely would, would look at it and be like, if a player calls for a roll, give them the roll. Like, if your player... Because especially when you look at this in a social situation, so we've looked at mental, we've looked at physical. Physical is almost always going to be a roll. Um, a physical challenge. It, again, it depends on the physical thing you're doing. If your player says, I want to rub a, run a sub five mile and they've got, you know, great athleticism and dexterity, boom, done. Can you tell Aaron runs it? I do, not run, I do not run a sub five mile, okay? I, I could not, in my wildest dreams, even become, begin thinking about running a sub five mile. Totally. I would be I would be so out of breath at the quarter mile and dying that I would not be able to finish that. I would be, I would be limping in at eight, okay? <laughs> limping in at eight. That one's better than my fucking mile. So, um, <laughs> my fat ass. Um, but, you know... You're right. Uh, they're physical. They're mental. Uh, social. I love my players to death. One of our guys, Nick, had the gift of fucking gab. He he could he and, and he's a salesman for a living. I mean, he does sell iced Eskimos. Um, I mean, but if you you're talking about Nick here, but if you we've talked about this before, this is the idea of if you are good at talking to your GM and you and your players socially make a point to you is you're you're playing the character they're talking to okay right. as the gm I, I am uh the count okay that you're you're speaking to or i am the merchant that you're speaking to and the players you know they're they're like you know they're holding the the horn of the of the behemoth that they're they you know the guys slew and they need to get it to as a magical ingredient and you know they're talking to the guy your players like listen i've got this gem here all right and 
it's you know it's it's got the it's got a trap banshee inside okay i'll trade you okay but think about that okay do you most gms would say okay roll me a persuasion check for that no 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 go go you'd be Boy, stupid not to take the trap banshee it's a trap banshee in that gem okay maybe that's really valuable to the guy there okay if you think a like, trap banshee is valuable to everyone hello just just think about just again think about would that guy take it yes okay just say yes there just that's, say yes that's done <laughs> spit on the hands shake hands <laughs> boom you have the horn of the behemoth i got the trap banshee okay the form, horn of behemoth is so a forgery i but, just swindled you <laughs> swindled you so hard but the players don't know that. That could make it would be a better story. That like. is even better story. <laughs> <laughs> Hina? Son of a bitch took my banshee. Son of a bitch took my fucking banshee. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, I'd be so mad. <laughs> I would go back there and beat his ass. And then he's got a traveling caravan. Now now there's a whole a whole like <laughs> you're chasing down the man who took your banshee. But what, what I'm saying is is that's actually like how, we, we've talked about that in social. In social, think about what your players are asking you and what your players are telling you. Because your players may ask you a question and you go like, that's a really good question that they just asked. And the guy knows the answer to it and we're friendly and we're amenable right now. So why wouldn't he just divulge the information? Right. Why would you need to make a persuasion check? Okay. Like my character in D&D is a bard. Okay. I've got a plus 10 on my persuasion. Most things I do, persuasion-wise, should just work, okay? I If I want to go ask someone, uh, we, we actually just had this in our last game. It was more of kind of a, like, I forgot, like an accounting-type game. We, we were going to host, like, a banquet for someone. So I went to my guild, okay, which I'm a part of, okay, and I asked... Are you registered with your local guild? I am. Uh, Are you a card-carrying the, the, guild, the guild of merchants and... and, and townskeepers and innskeepers and i asked them are you seriously part of the guild of merchants and townskeepers and and hotel keepers yes. hot damn he did go to quite the level with the guilds yeah but so like look, look, so i i am part of that guild and i i'm like I'm like huh well we have this elvish royalty like we don't know the name of them we do we want to impress so i'm like well i'll go to the highfalutin places and i'll ask them do you know this elvish family and this royalty family okay he did make me roll for it but in the just say yes situation there, like hell yeah you're part of the guild you've got standing with them you have plus 10 on your skill there you're damn right they're going to tell you exactly what you need to do you're going to be like listen elves are burned by gold no gold <laughs> don't do gold moon silver only moon silver only on those make sure the silver is polished they have a big thing about silver polish and this is their dietary restrictions and their needs and i do know the family and oh by the way or if i don't know the family oh jim down the street he knows them let me get you let me refer you to him and send you over it that way i love how you made like a text motion with that when I was, I, I was writing down on a piece of paper. Oh, actually. I thought that was a text motion right there. Like, your D&D has iPhone 12s? <laughs> Wouldn't that just make life easy in D&D? But let, let, let me refer you. So so that that's a better story is like, if I don't want you just to figure it out right there. Okay, hey, listen, I know a couple other merchants who've got some, some you know, knowledge on this. Send them, send your player out to go do a little social, socialing, a little carousing. Let them ask some questions. 
what do they like? Or I know a caterer and I know this guy and I know this guy. And one of them might be lying. Yes, and, and you'll let, let them do that. And let your players try to suss out the lies. This is, again, this is the social side of things. We've talked about this before. But it, it makes for so much more fun if you're just like, if your players don't roll any dice where you're talking to somebody and you start just, you're just talking to them. You're like, yep, uh-huh, yeah, no, oh, well, you can do that, you can do this. You're At some point in time, your players are going to click and go like, wait a minute, has he just been bullshitting me this whole time? Is he lying? Is he... <laughs> oh, God, when you guys had that moment, whichever game it was, like, you guys were had, like, this long fucking conversation. You walked out of there, and it, I think it was the end of the night, you were like, we didn't check him for a single freaking lie. And we I'm didn't like, check him for a single nope. <laughs> lie. We didn't, we didn't check to see if any of the information checks out. Do I have good insight on this? Does this make sense to me? Like, the guy could be like... All right. Uh, well, okay, I'm the esteemed wizard. I know how to call the behemoth. So you need a behemoth horn, and then you need some pixie dust, okay? So you have to trap the behemoth in a circle of pixie dust. But to get the behemoth into the circle of pixie dust, you have to blow a behemoth horn. Okay, they use that to, to make mate, mating calls and whatnot. And you're like, like, oh, this totally checks out. Like, this totally checks out. You're like, this has to be right. And then you go do it. You go spend all this gold and stuff to go do it. And nothing happens. And oh, by the way, you had to, to pay 150 gold to the wizard just to get this information. You're like, God, he's a grifter. He's a grifter. And that's the thing. You have to, whenever a, 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 an NPC lies to a player, there has to be a reason. Because most people typically, like, and it could be a, a wild reason. They are a, a, a habitual liar. Like, Bards tend to blow things out of fucking proportions. Yeah, you can never get a straight answer out of an imperial officer. You know, like it's just their way. Or you're talking to like a spy. Like we did the game in Bergon with all the spies and everybody, and everybody was a politician. And it was like yeah. it's like it was like pulling yeah. teeth to try to get information. That but that was a game. that was a good one for just say yes because it was tough to talk to everybody in that situation yeah but that game was a flop i i understand there were other problems there but that's a good example of like of like trying to tactfully work around questions and then again like if your player calls for a dice roll have the dice roll or if your player asks for really sensitive information like tell me your deepest darkest secrets okay roll me a persuasion check yeah because uh <laughs> not gonna do that willingly yeah no, um, nobody would now, I will tell you this. As a storyteller, when I was doing this, there was a panic red light going on in my brain the entire time. Aaron might not have seen the panicked look in my fucking eyes the entire time that I was doing this. Um, it was going, the story's going too fast. The story's going too fast. The story's going too fast. Oh, my God, I haven't made them roll for anything. If you are an experienced D&D, White Wolf storyteller, you have made people roll for innocuous shit. I have done it. I have made people roll for drives. Drives. Okay? The thing that we do every day and 99% of us don't get into car accidents. I mean, I've only been in one accident and had like, well, since I've started like crossing the country, I've had multiple speeding tickets now because oh, Ohio gives you a ticket for anything over five miles an hour on a highway. Who does that? But the police in the Ohio Turnpike, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they don't, but thing is, it is a fantastic state. I do love Ohio. Like I'm thinking of like, if you ever move out of this state, I'm going straight to Ohio. Fucking love it there. Yeah. Uh, good, good, friendly people in Ohio. Ohio, I'm looking to you to use one of these tools. Um, so, 
you know, really when it, when it, when it comes down to it, you're, you're going to get a blinking light. You're, you're going to feel that panic. And what you need to do is calm your shit down. Because I will tell you as a storyteller, I was experiencing panic going like, Oh my God, I'm just like, there was a, a, a like a voice in the back of my head that was like, you're giving them the whole storyline. What are you doing? Are you crazy? Make them roll, make them roll. But think, but think about it like this. It, it's just like an investigation role. Like I do, I have this in my games all the time where like you just roll an investigation role and I give you all the pieces of information. And I'm like, I've got nothing else. Like I just gave them everything. Like they just did one good role. And I just gave them everything. Well, yeah. I'm just saying with, with the say yes system, the first time that our listeners try it, trust me, you're going to have this mind. If, if you're experienced as a storyteller, even anything above a year where you've been making them roll for, I don't know, make setting up their tents like, wilderness, think about it. Wilderness survival is, is a thing. Like, uh, need your roll, see if you've got a good tent set up. Got to put down the tarp. Now your tent's all wet. Now your tent's all wet. <laughs> Soak right through. Now you're fucked up. Um, you know, and you're just switching to the say yes, trust me, you're going to have this panic. It, 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 I had it. I was, I was nervous the whole freaking time because I'm like, I am just handing them my story. Oh, my God, what am I doing? What am you I need, doing? You this need to have more narrative to counteract it. That's that's the the key is you need to be more willing to go into the narrative to counteract the, the say yes more narrative or more conversation with the player. I do like what what you suggest with the with the spotlight moments and letting it be more Socratic, letting the player lead. I'm not going to hand you everything, and that's the kind of the 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 say yes um, disclosure you got to make. I'm not going to hand you everything. When you guys say I look at the desk, I'm going to tell you what's on the surface. When you guys look deeper into this, Jared, I'm looking for this specific thing. Jared, I'm looking for this. Jared, I'm looking for any hidden compartments, right? If it furthers my story that they find the hidden compartment with his, you know, cult sacrificial sacrificial tools, because who doesn't have a hidden compartment with their cult sacrificial tools? Um, If that is going to further your story, just say yes. You're going to find it. They said they're specifically looking for it. There are very few trap doors that are so hard to freaking find. All right. Uh, trust me. If you've ever looked into like hidden gun compartments for your furniture, you're going to find it probably. Let's just say I might've looked into that furniture lately. I mean, who doesn't want a coffee table that has a 12 gauge under it? <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> And, and, and I actually have my wife on board. I'm like, we're going to ditch our coffee table right now. We're going to get this one with the hidden compartment. She's like, well, why do I need it? And I'm like, if someone kicks in the front door, you have a gun at hand. And she's like, tell me more. And I'm like, it comes in black. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Sold. My wife loves black. Um, <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think we've said... I mean, I've said everything. I've said everything I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely encouraging storytellers to give it a try. Maybe put out the disclosure to your players before you do so they kind of know what's going on and they kind of know the rule that you're going to give them the surface level stuff. Particularly if you're going to go the Socratic method level yeah. of it where, like, they're going to have to be a little bit more, you know, deep dive a little deeper into what these things are. But as a storyteller, I'm going to give this say yes thing, this trend, a thumbs up right now. I'm give it a thumbs up. It needs a little tuning. We'll a give little... you a review on it in a couple of weeks and let you know how it's going. Yeah, because I, I think I'm going to do it tonight. Do it tonight. I'm just going to say yes. Perfect. Say yes to that dress. Great show. 
All right, well, that's going to uh, start to wrap it up for us. <laughs> Aaron's like, and we're going to glaze over that. That's going to start to wrap it up for us. Uh, I don't know if, if anybody has run Blades in the Dark uh, or if you have any thoughts about the idea of say yes, and uh, maybe you do this already as a storyteller, uh, let us know. You can get to us at levelupyourgamingpodcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash levelupyourgaming. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. We have all of our videos up on YouTube, so you can comment there if you like the say yes idea. So, Jared? Smash that like button. Smash it with a hammer. No, actually, don't do that. Oh, You'll do not smash. Computer. Yeah, you're going to break a computer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, go ahead and uh, share the podcast with your friends. Uh, you're in Ohio. You like the idea. <laughs> if you're in Ohio. <laughs> Tell your state troopers to calm down. Um, uh, otherwise, also go ahead and review us on your uh, on some podcast sites. Uh, Podchaser or Apple Podcast does help us get a little more searchable to, to all this stuff as well. Um, but we do thank you for listening. And for this week, we're going to wrap it up. For Jared, I'm Aaron. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week, everyone.